Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. The problem is, with the lockdown, shelter in Mm -hmm. place, quarantine, with all of that, there's just not a lot going on. No, no. I mean, there's a lot of church stuff going on, teaching, preaching, and all that stuff, but from, from our house or from the office... We're not getting out a lot, so there's not a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah. In other words, the banter bank is running low. It's in a deficit at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see you, Joey. Yeah. uh, um, What you been doing lately? Oh, just working from home. Yeah, working from home. Working from home. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Oh, uh, last night I uh, we got together online Mm -hmm. with the Hooses and the Earls, and we played a game. Oh. Yeah, wasn't yeah. invited to that. No, Again. we did talk about it. We're like, should I try to add him in? And then we decide, no. Mm. One of these days you're going to invite me and I'm going to show up and then you'll all be really upset. Yeah, well, why? Why would you Because you don't want me to be there. <gasps> no, but we you'll do it out of, out we of would love courtesy. Would love it if you were there. No, and, no, I don't uh, do it out of courtesy. Come on now. Yeah. No. I was you know watching Better true. Call Saul last night. <gasps> How was it? Oh, <laughs> I haven't started it yet. <laughs> I, need to get, I need to get on that. I'm, oh. I'm still trying to get Michelle to watch Tiger King. Yeah, that's a messed up crazy story. Man, I'm trying. I've watched the first two episodes. Greg and I did. It gets crazier. Because we didn't think the ladies were going to watch it. Mm -hmm. And then found out one of the ladies did. Yeah. And so Allison. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Process of elimination. Yes. Uh, So, yeah. You got to forget them and just watch it with with your boy. I know. We're kind of giving them to the the end of this week. So, so far, you're you're not far enough in. No, no, it's no, just not, interesting not, not, not. because uh, like my, my daughter, she's 18. She's super animal mm-hmm. conscious, friendly. She's vegan. She's been yeah. vegan for years. Yeah. Listen, I love animals so much that I eat them. Yeah. I mean, because they're so tasty. That's uh, they are. I would eat. Any, pretty I much think that's the best animal. way to respect really that. Care. But my daughter's not, you know, amped about it. She's not. No, no, she's not it. weird. But um, but at the end, I said, so tell me what you think of this character. What do you think of this character? And all they're all bad. They're all just like losers. Yeah, all they've all characters. got their issues, right? But uh, it was interesting at the end to hear her perspective. And it's actually the same as mine. Who are the most likable and least likable people? Can't talk to you about it because Mm-mm. I don't want to spoil it. It's kind of like the masked singer. You know, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for you if you're not caught up. So what do you mean? What do you, what do you I know mean? like if people start talking about masked singer and you haven't seen it yet, you get really. I do. I yeah. do. And I am caught up. Thank you. OK, I, I'm, I'm up to date. Oh, that, that's uh, still going. That's still going. Season mm. three. And uh, you know what? Actually, uh, someone sent me a message today about it. Oh, really? Yeah, they're watching it with uh, their kid and their yeah. wife. And they're like, this is great. Thanks. Yeah. And they're, you know, I think they're mocking at first. And they go, yeah, it's actually, it's a pretty good show. Yeah. I don't know. Dude, it's great. It's fantastic. I love it. I need, I need some, some drug lords. I need some, uh, some crime. Mm. I need something like that to keep well, me interested. What about Sarah Palin? No. What? No. Like, no, she, she was she was singing. Oh yes, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the best person that's been singing this season, mm-hmm. and one being the worst. Who who has been the, the worst so far? Who has been the worst? Yeah. Gronkowski, Gronkowski, really? yeah, Gronk. Is that Gronk? Gronk was. Wow. Uh, yeah, he made it pretty far though. Okay. Yeah, he was definitely the the worst. Uh, yeah. You know, you know what is cool that's going on? The best is the frog. I think frog's going to win it. 
So um, this is dropping Thursday, so mm-hmm. um, nobody knows about it yet. But uh, Pastor Pat and Pastor Brian are working on some stuff yeah. for the church. Yep, yep, some yep. new stuff, really good stuff. Yep, I'm. Uh, we're pumped. I'm, it's it's looking good. Of course, Brian makes it look so cool. I know. We're too. just like, we're like <laughs> let's just. Can I just write it on a piece of paper? <laughs> like that was all I was thinking. I was like, yeah, we'll just like type it out, just on a piece of paper. It'll be fine. It's Great, downloaded. people will love it, you know. And then of course Brian's just like, plow, yeah. in like two minutes. Yeah, I know, You're crazy. So that, I'm really excited for yeah, that. That's gonna be that's a really, gonna be really a big good. help. I'm gonna use it. I'm yeah, of course. It, yeah. yeah, so are we. So, so Joe, what are we gonna talk about today? All right. Well, um, I wrote an article called Virtual Communion, mm-hmm. and uh, it got it got a lot of traffic. Um, now what? No. So my kids have finally learned how to use the iPad. So and now they're interrupting my time. Yes, they're sending me movies and digital touch messages. Mm, all right, time to knock it off. See, I silenced my, I, I, I turned off my notification. Yeah, yeah so it's off. Have, no, it's coming up on your computer, so it's not. No, 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 but you don't hear mm-hmm. it. You're not hearing it. Okay, continue anyway. though. You wrote something. So I wrote, and it's, it's really, it's just, it's something I wrote a long time ago. It's in one of my books, and uh, I it's just- a, uh, The church. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, so we'll link to that in the show notes. But the, I basically adapted it because of all the conversations going on around virtual communion. And we've we've talked about this uh, a few different times now. Uh, we've written about it, but uh, we thought, well, let's have one dedicated episode to this issue where we give our argument and without you know angst or anger we're like we're not coming after yeah. anybody maybe maybe that one church you know fellowship church where they said hey man you could just have communion at home you, with toast and orange juice use yeah, cheetos oh <laughs> it was i i don't get it i don't get it okay so here's the thing we get that there are people that and churches and good churches that have encouraged people to do communion at home or to do it virtually yeah, yeah. and some churches like saddleback have been doing that for years if you can't make it tune in get the juice and the crackers ready but uh, but now, yeah, like, uh, what's his name? Ed Young Jr. Ed Young Jr., his church, the Fellowship Church, yeah. uh, said, hey, don't worry about the elements. Just grab whatever you got. It, it, yeah, they're not important. Milk and cookies, <clears throat> you know? Uh, oh, whiskey and pretzels, you know? That's actually closer than orange juice and toast. It, that, yeah, that is closer. <laughs> you should be going that route if you're going to do it. So, yeah, I mean, there's no there's no issues behind it, but I, I definitely think that... Uh, well, there's I, no issues. Oh, no, I'm talking it, about, yeah. like, we're not trying to come at anyone. Right, except for that one. Except for that yeah, one. That's um but I do think people are wrestling with this and churches are wrestling with it. And they're, they're trying to, you know, wrestle with how do we partake, you know, in this means of grace mm-hmm. appropriately, right? Yeah. Knowing that it, it is beneficial. People, it, it, there's, it, it, it's, I love communion. I miss. Our people, yeah, love it. I, I miss that we're not gathered together on the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. I miss that we're not sitting uh Gathering together, proclaiming God's word, hearing God's word, mm-hmm. singing God's word. Yeah. Like, I, I just, it's, so yes, I understand why people are like, man, I, I, at least give me that. The, give desi- me the desire is coming from a great place. Yeah. And I love, like, we've had, I, I, and here, I'll be honest, I was surprised that we had, I think we've had four or five people, ask so about four it. or five families ask, are we going to do some kind of virtual communion? Because we really miss the prayer of confession, going to mm-hmm. you know, communion and all of that. Uh, and they love how we do it. Yeah. That we, you know, we, we approach it in a very specific way. Um, it's, you know, we use different scripture each time. And so people are hungry for it and they're asking, is this something that we're going to do? And I've just basically been linking to the old article. Yeah. Um, and so we've written this new thing. So Jimmy, why don't you give them the principle that we've tried to distill for people as, as the overall argument? for why we don't 
encourage communion at home or encourage or, or hold virtual communion? For sure. Uh, because the context in which the Lord's Supper was observed in the first century was when local churches gathered together and because of the warnings and actions of God against those who partake of the ordinance in an unworthy manner. So there's that fencing of the, ta- uh, the table. And because of God's charge to leaders to exercise oversight and discipline during the observance of this ordinance, it is only when the local church is assembled with the oversight of the elders that we can properly observe this ordinance. So that's the the, the basic summary yeah. of, of that that we give people, and that sort of covers our bases. And again, we we we've heard some uh, some other additional questions. We'll get to those at, at the end of our time together today. But um, but that's it. And so the first thing that we need to look at is scripture and the example of scripture itself. Mm. When we're when we're talking about how did the early church observe the Lord's Supper, you, you have to distinguish between what is essential to what they did yeah. and then what is merely uh, circumstantial. And so obviously they did it in the context of a meal, typically, where there was a, a potluck style thing happening. And uh, well, is that essential to it? Not essential to it. Uh, a lot of churches, well, I shouldn't say a lot. Some churches do that. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, in our first church plant, we did that quite a bit. We would have a meal together, and that's when we would do the Lord's Supper. Yeah, it's um, a lot easier to do in a church plant and with a when, smaller yeah, gathering, 40, right? 40 adults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can do that pretty easy. So... Um, but one of the main passages that we look at when we're considering what the Lord's Supper really is and how we do it is from 1 Corinthians 11 when there was a lot of uh, controversy and abuse happening. In 1 Corinthians 11, 17 through 22, uh, we read this, and pay attention to the, the phrase come together. Mm. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. So in the context of the shared meal, there were abuses happening mm-hmm. and but it was when they came together as a church you can even note this contrast in here uh when you come together when you come together this is when they're doing it and they're but they're doing it wrong and then he says in contrast don't you have houses you know you're just eating and drinking your own food and you're having too much and you're not sharing that's what you do on your own not you should be not that you should yeah, be yeah, yeah. overindulging but you have homes where you go and do that where you have your own stuff. This is when we all come together as a church. So there's this contrast between the gathering of the local church and what we do in our homes. And it's when we gather together that we observe the Lord's Supper. Yeah, and the 1689 uh, talks about it in this way. And this is chapter 30, paragraph 1. The Supper of the Lord Jesus was instituted by him the same night wherein he was betrayed, to be observed in his churches unto the end of the world for the perpetual remembrance and showing to all the world the sacrifice of himself in his death, confirmation of the faith of believers and all the benefits thereof, their spiritual nourishment and growth in him, their further engagement in and to all duties which they owe to him, and to be a bond and pledge of their communion with him and with each other. So this is a big one for us. It's one of the big reasons. We see the church doing it mm-hmm. when they gathered together. It's not something that people just did on their own. So the, this was given 
to the church. It's Christ's ordinance given to the church. Sometimes it's called a church ordinance because Christ gave it to the church, but it's not something that individual Christians are called to do uh, on their own. Mm-hmm. And this is why we need the oversight of the elders. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is this is that ordinance of Christ given to the church, and it requires the oversight of the elders. And so, why? I mean, people why? ask, yeah, people ask why. First uh, Corinthians that you were just reading there in mm-hmm. in chapter eleven, it, discipline and uh, instruction, yep. right? Because here's the thing: when we talk about um, church discipline, oftentimes that's private. That's not something we broadcast. It, if it gets out to the congregation, if the elders are sharing it, it's reached a certain level, yeah. right? Most of the time it is, doesn't get there. I can only think of two Yeah, since, I, since, since I've been around. In 13 years? In yeah. 13 years, that uh, only twice um, that it's, it's, it's gotten to that point. But there's quite a number of individuals that have gone through the church discipline process, the restoration process. Uh, and so, and for some of them, um, we ask them to refrain. Yeah, if they're not repentant. If they're not repentant, mm-hmm. we ask, they, they are to refrain from taking uh, communion. And so people don't know that. You don't know that. The, the, you know, the congregation doesn't know who that is, but the elders do. And that's why it's important that this is under the instruction or under the, 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 the guidance yeah. of the elders, because we know who mm-hmm. should be partaking and who shouldn't. If you don't have elders there then there's no way to properly fence that table. Yeah. You know, and I know some of you might be thinking like, wait a minute, somebody's under church discipline so much so that they can't come to the Lord's table and you haven't told people? Right. We haven't told people. Not yet. Not mm-hmm. at that point. Now, it, it, if that continues, then at some point, yeah, we do have to make then we it we got to move, uh, move forward with that, yeah. But yeah, we give people time. It takes time for people to grow in grace, to practice repentance. Yeah, things and, don't happen overnight. And it's not that weird. Um, and you think it's going to be weird, but on, on any given Sunday, not everybody comes forward for the Lord's Supper. Uh, some people uh, step out during yeah. that time for yep. various reasons. Um, some people will just sit. Uh, maybe it's because they're guests and they, they're not a part of our church and they don't feel comfortable doing it. Maybe it's because they're not Christians and they're yeah. visiting and yep. they recognize. We're very clear that this is for believers um, who are walking with the Lord. And so they will refrain. Other people will know that they're dealing with sin in their own private lives or they're not dealing with sin in their private lives. And so they're not going to come forward yet, even though that's an opportunity for them to repent. Uh, so on any given Sunday, there will be some people that don't go. And people just don't have the kind of church where everybody's like minding everybody's business on the Lord's yeah. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's not that strange. Um, again, the 1689 in 28.2 says, uh, these holy appointments are to be administered by those only who are qualified and thereunto called according to the commission of Christ. This mm. is where we say it's got to be overseen by or administered by the elders. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, we think only the elders can hold the cup if you have a cup or hold the bread, uh, but it means that it has to be overseen, administered by, uh, it has to be under the care of those who have been entrusted with the responsibility of the church. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, in the 1689, now we're looking at chapter 30, paragraph 3. The Lord Jesus hath, in this ordinance, appointed his ministers to pray and bless the elements of bread and wine. Oh, look at those elements. Ooh, look at that. Not, bread not and wine. Juice. No, no milk and cookies? No. And thereby to set them apart from a common to a holy use, and to take the bread, to take the cup, and they communicating also themselves to give both to the uh, communicants. Yeah. So here we're talking about, you know, again, the oversight of the elders. And so uh, this is where that instruction comes in, right? Where uh, as, as 
as pastors, mm-hmm. right, uh, who are appointed as ministers, we pray, we bless the elements of bread and wine, and we we teach the congregation, yeah. right? We we share with them this is what this is about, right? Yeah. This this is uh, a a ordinance. It's it's a blessing. It's a means of grace. Uh, here's what it it means. Here's what it doesn't mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's uh, who should come up, who shouldn't come up, right? Like, so we fence the table. Every Sunday, right? right. Uh, and, and as Joe mentioned, like we we make clear, if you're not a believer, this is not for you, right? So for us, that this is a hardship, right? Not gathering together as the church is a hardship. This is a providential hindrance. Um, I know that there's a lot of discussion right now in some states where you know churches are you know forbidden from from gathering. But even in such cases, it's it, 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 as far as I've seen, somebody's gonna correct me on this. I'm sure if I'm wrong, please correct me. But in our case, uh, we are encouraged to not gather and we don't want to gather because we don't want to spread this disease that is killing yeah. people. So it's not that Christians are being singled out um, and, and, and being persecuted, uh, even though there are some ignorant governors and laws being passed locally mm-hmm. uh, against people that are even gathering through in like the drive-in yeah, style. Yeah, the drive-in stuff, like people that dumb. are and, – and you know what? And I want to applaud, right? Those churches that are looking for creative yeah, ways, and yeah. that, and and they're so. I mean, they're they're juggling this balance of like we want to gather together, at the same time, obey, and yeah. at the same time, be respectful of our community, right? And yeah. I feel like that's a great witness. And then here, anyways, that's Dumb. a whole thing about government overreach. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get me started. Just me. <laughs> Jimmy and I are a small government, get out of our business kind of yeah. guys. If you yeah, couldn't, yeah. if you didn't, if you couldn't tell. Um, okay, so. Um, all of this means that you know we are in a place where we aren't able to have the Lord's Supper. So when you think about it, like, well, so what's wrong with some with say mom and dad and the kids, Christian family, getting some bread and some wine out and having the Lord's Supper? Is that a sin? Well, I would say there's no sin in drinking wine and eating bread, um, but I would I would argue that it's not the Lord's Supper. Though. Mm-hmm. It's not communion um, when you're doing that. And I wouldn't encourage you to do it. I would say it allow this providential hindrance to stir you up to long for the local church gathered together as one family. Long for that, look for that, and God will bring us back to the place where this is possible. My wife asked me, we'll get into this later, but my wife asked me, what if this went on for a year? What if there was a devastating plague and we could only gather together virtually? Would we then have communion? Well, maybe we'll answer that later. But all of this is important, and part of why, um, part of the problem here with some, not all, is that people have not, in their ecclesiology or their doctrine of the church, they have not studied church yeah. history. Yep, they, that's right. They have not read widely, and so they, a lot of church planters, and I've seen this firsthand, a lot of church planters sort of m- develop their ecclesiology, I'm trying to choose my words carefully, they develop their ecclesiology pragmatically rather than biblically and theologically. And this is why seminary education is so important to us, right? oh, and it's why yeah. we're honored yeah. to have Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary sponsoring the podcast. And so, I mean, I think we all know that the ministry landscape is changing. More and more pastors need to be equipped with rigorous theological training as well as job skills to make a living where God has called them. That's why Southeastern Seminary has created the MDiv MBA in just four years. You can graduate from a theologically rigorous MDiv program at Southeastern and have the practical job skills of an MBA. With leading Baptist scholars like Bruce Ashford, Ben Merkel, and John Hammett, there's no better time to start your theological training today. So Joe, 
where are they going to go to find out more information? Well, you can go to sebts.edu or you can click on the show notes and we'll take it directly to this uh, Southeastern MDiv MBA uh, section of their website. And, you know, speaking of John Hammett, I hear that he is the Kirk Hammett of seminaries. <laughs> so Kirk Hammett is lead guitarist of Metallica. Yes. Well, I'm just saying like, yeah, you know, well done. Kirk Hammett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, old Kirk Hammett. Yeah. He's the old Kirk, not the new Not Metallica. the new one, not the, the new Metallica. Metallica. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, classic thrash. Yes. You know, Big Four, mm-hmm. you know, Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica, Slayer. You know, it's a big fun in the 80s. I'm sure Southeastern loves being, you know, Oh, they, they better. They, they, they love better. They, just like, what you get. You what, made, hey, you be careful what you ask for, Southeastern. So are you, wait, are you threatening our sponsor? I'm just saying, like, this is what happens. You say, hey, Jofo, would you? And we're like, yep. But our way. Yeah, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. You know, like the, like the prophet said, I want it. That, that was a great prophet said. <laughs> so, Jimmy, we have gotten some questions about yes. this. You um, know, I'm going to read media. this one. I'm going to read this one because it was... Uh, I think it's specifically to you. Well, it says, hey, guys. but Hey, guys. For, hey, guys. Or it says, hi, guys. So I have a question about virtual communion slash communion outside the gathered assembly. I really appreciate the blog and agree with the conclusions. I belong to an Irish Presbyterian tradition where, quote, home communion is offered to elderly members who, because of health, are unable to gather with the congregation on the Lord's Day. Just wondering if you guys have any thoughts. Yeah. And the, these kind of practical questions that really hit you in the feels, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, are good because that's real ministry. And you, of course, you don't develop your theology based on how things feel, but you do want to interact with these real world uh, circumstances and problems because that's what gives your theology and your understanding of scripture a proper exercise. So um, in, in the case of a person who is homebound, either because of illness uh, you know, disease or whatever. Sometimes it's just age, right? They're just, their body has become too frail to leave. Um, yeah, some churches allow for home communion where they'll send an elder out to, uh, to the people. Now, um, some would argue that that's okay because you do have an elder there so they can fence mm-hmm, the table properly mm-hmm. with that person. Um, in my estimation, I think that this is more of a, a providential hindrance. They can't come yeah. to the actual gathering, which means they can't partake of the Lord's Supper. Um, so I understand why churches do it. Much love and respect to those churches that uh, are trying to care for their people. We don't do it. Um, and uh, and if somebody you know shows us through you know scripture and, and and good reason why we could, then that would be something that I would be open to you know really reconsider. But at this point, uh, we we consider it the same thing. It's a you, you're, you're hindered from the assembly, mm-hmm. which means you're hindered from the reception of the Lord's Supper. It's, it's an ugly reality of the fall. Sometimes we can't do what we're called to do because we don't have the opportunity. Mm. What about, uh, somebody asked us, and we, deal, we dealt with this in an earlier episode when we were recording, we're doing the live conference, right? Yeah, the yeah. virtual conference. Um, but how does multiple services not violate the principle? In other words, if the principle is you can only do it when the church is gathered together, mm-hmm. Don't you have now multiple churches? Yeah. And this is like this is like the Mark Dever. Uh, Homeboy just wrote a book on this. I just got it in on congregationalism where he's arguing like multiple con- services makes for multiple congregations. So if you're only supposed to do it when the church gathers, but you have three services, how is that different? Mm, it's a great question. From small groups. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's definitely a great, great question. And one that uh, really threw me for a loop when we first heard that question. I think where I'm at, I think is, is kind of what 
it's there's a difference, I think, or not maybe not a difference, but we've said all along, right? Uh, going to multiple services is not a growth strategy for us, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's where we're at. It's what it's the lot that's been given to us, right? Uh, until the Lord sees fit to burn down this building and yeah. we take the insurance. We're open, Lord. We're open to it, Father. Whatever you have for us to burn this down, uh, we are are uh, we welcome it. Yeah. Outstretched and, and for any arsonists who are listening out there, yeah, uh, you know, scratch <laughs> yeah. that itch. That's Just, all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Eleven twenty-five Oak Street. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, I think there's still though. Uh, it's for as you kind of work through this. Yeah, you've got multiple services, and I and it does feel like uh, multiple churches, right? I feel like when I go to one service, particularly. You know, and then I go to another one. It's like, man, I'm I'm yeah. I'm meeting people for the first time or people mm-hmm. I haven't seen for a long time, right? Um, but it's still under the oversight of the elders yep. as one body, one church gathered together on the Lord's day. And we're not restricting people. We're not saying this is a gathering only for part of the yeah, body. Yeah. We're saying like everybody can come to the service who wants to come, and then they show up to that service. And so it is out of necessity. Um, but again, it's not a an intentionally limited gathering like a small group is. Um, we're trying to get our people together. Now, I know that that doesn't sound as consistent as as some would like it to, and it, and it troubles us. Again, we don't like multiple services. Mm-hmm. We object to multiple services. Our ideology says not great, but what are we going to do when not everybody can fit into our sanctuary? So, and yes, I know you'll say plant churches. We have, we do. Uh, but it's just not as easy to, and you can't do that as quickly as you would like. You know, yeah, you've got to be yeah. careful about that. So I don't think it violates the principle, uh, but it certainly is a challenge to the principle. And it's a hole in our, I'm willing to say it's a hole in our argument. I mean, yeah. just being honest about it. Um, yeah, because I mean, even with the idea of, like, as you mentioned before, with uh, not visiting people and bringing communion to them, they're, they're providentially hindered. That's, you know, it just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hear that and I'm like, how does that, like you said, it's a it's a hole in our argument. Yeah, your because, heart goes out to the person in that situation. Yeah. And so, again, it, like, so when, when somebody makes an exception to the rule and they say, well, okay, well, here's an exception uh, where we're going to allow communion to be done a little bit differently. Maybe we're making an exception by virtue of doing three services. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you're making an exception. And I don't think we are, but maybe you would see that we are. And then somebody else would say, well, I think... Uh, we, for somebody who is sick, that this would be uh, a kind thing to do, and that's an exception. I think there's always, you know, you, you can make room for exceptions so long as you're, you know, you, the exception sort of proves the rule, right? Mm. If it's just all, if you're just doing communion all, I don't know, willy-nilly, then, uh, you know, it's, I, don't think, I don't think we're taking communion as seriously as we could. Mm. Um, this guy, uh, Phil, he, uh, no, Connor, sorry. <laughs> I was like, uh, where'd you get Phil? Okay, well, his name is McCacken. <laughs> oh. close to McCracken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So well uh, Connor uh, s- said, he liked the article, but he said, uh, how do you respond to the quote, if the elders must be present, it's clericalism uh, argument. Uh, it d- depends on what you mean by clericalism. Clericalism is usually referring to, as far as I've seen it, um, this sort of uh, professionalization and exaltation of the clergy above other people. Um, and there's, there's a lot of baggage that can come with the way people approach that. But let me say this, uh, the Bible establishes the office of elders and the office of deacons. Um, the, the Bible calls for us to recognize 
teachers, those who are teachers and those who are not teachers. There's a distinction made. There are distinctions within the body of Christ. And so I don't think it's some sort of inappropriate clericalism to say, well, the, the Bible mandates that, we, that, that elders fence the table and practice church discipline, that the church is involved in that process, and that we do this as we come together. I don't think that's clericalism. But, uh, but certainly, yeah, there are, there are probably churches that are giving too much authority to the elders, mm. uh, where they literally call all the shots. I know there were movements in various denominations, and in some specific churches that are non-denominational, where uh, if y- you have to essentially get the okay by pastors to do anything, right? Yeah. To, if uh, I want to date this girl, you got to get an okay from the, <laughs> the elders. I, I want to send my son to this college, you better talk to the pastors about it. That stuff's nutty. So um, we got that one. Now, Joe, what about an overflow room? So here's a question from Michael. Hey, Joe, thanks for the article. This isn't a this isn't an I gotcha question. Just curious er thoughts. Well, that he, he's he's texting. He's basically using like text lingo. Your thoughts. Why you, you are? Oh, your thoughts. Your thoughts. Your thoughts. Your thoughts. Uh, if it's Easter and there are six people in an overflow room watching a monitor of the main service as the pastor's hands out the elements is a group of six participating in biblical communion well if you've only got six people in your overflow room they maybe just p- pack them into the back yeah That's i would weird yeah uh, overflow room? maybe not i don't know i don't know what the situation everybody every building is, is everyone uh, and again lord if you see fit to burn this one down we okay yep now uh 1125 listen, oak we have been wrestling with the whole overflow room for yes, years years and we're going over this we hate it oh. we, we but we we're willing to do it but we don't really have anywhere to do it like, and we want to do it well yeah, if we're gonna do it then you know and how do you time the fog machine to work stop, at the stop, same stop, time stop 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 upstairs no. and downstairs yeah no you know t-shirt cannons Cannon, and yeah. confetti guns mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um <laughs> so yeah, I, I again, it's I don't I just I get I get the question I understand it it's a real world sort of uh, problem yeah uh, I think the church is still gathered together if you're in an overflow room even even uh, Capitol Hill that doesn't believe in multiple services they have an overflow room oh hmm. Hmm. so I think that hmm. they're still gathered I mean you're not in the same. You're in the you're you're still together in the building or in the place. You're not in the same exact room because you're you can't be, but you're still at the assembly. The assembly is still happening there. Again, it's a problem. You know, it's uh, maybe that's considered an exception, but uh, I don't find it to be grievous. It's just annoying. It's just an annoying reality. If you have to have an overflow room, uh, and by the way, oh by the got, way, if you got an overflow room, don't make your new people go in there. You're established, yeah. like vintage members. Put them in that janky overflow room. Exactly. You have no. Your guests should have no business being in there unless that's really where they want to be. Uh, give them the good seats. That's right. I don't you like know. that. Yeah, yeah. You park in the back, sit in the front. There you go. I like that. That's park it. Park in the back, sit in the front, like a mullet. It's like an ecclesiological <laughs> mullet. Yeah. Put all that hair in the back, but in the front, leave room. Mm. Mm. that's good stuff so those are our thoughts and um so we'll link to the virtual communion article uh you can check that out and um uh, give us your thoughts i mean i'd like to know uh please 
poke more holes in it. Like that's good for us. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. We don't object to people bringing up good, hard questions where they challenge us or even prove us wrong. If I'm wrong, I, I would like to be shown that I'm wrong so I don't have to be wrong anymore. That's right. And I need a friend that can actually do it because Jimmy just cannot show me that I'm wrong ever. Even when he's right and I'm wrong, he can't prove it. And then I make him embrace my wrong position. That's usually what we do. <laughs> is, that, is that what's happened here? I don't know. <laughs> that's what I think. That's what you think? Well, We'd love to hear your thoughts. You could follow us online mm -hmm. on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. Later. In memoriam of T4G. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>